This podcast is brought to you by StoreMaven. I won't lie, I am an employee at StoreMaven, so I want to tell you a little bit about why it's the greatest company on earth. If you're interested in growing your app in any way, organically, paid, both, we have tools to help you do it, whether it's optimizing your creatives, measuring the success and the effect of different efforts that you're taking, or just telling you what people look for in an app. We're here to help you do it. You can always make different things to to make it successful. And even it's not working, maybe because it wasn't the right time. Don't close the door, always open it and say, maybe it didn't work this time, but it will work like in two years with another project or everything. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes, a podcast by Stormaven. We break down how and why mobile apps grow. In each episode, we invite a mobile growth expert onto the show to break down a specific mobile growth strategy, how it worked, why it worked, and what they would do differently. I'm your host, Esther Schatz. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes. I'm joined today by Claire Rosane, who is the User Acquisition Manager at Product Madness. Do you want to introduce yourself in a few words? Yeah, sure. Hello, Esther. So I'm Claire. Uh, I'm User Acquisition Manager at Product Madness. Uh, before I work uh, in dating and before in, um, in a competitor of Google Maps, uh, really happy to be here. I'm a huge passionate of UA and all the topics around this. So really happy to share some thoughts uh, about it. Well, you know, when you look for optimization, when you're looking at the top of the funnel, what kind of KPIs do you optimize for? Yeah, so uh, at Pulkmanus, we are really performance oriented. So we we look at all the basic KPIs like revenue, um, post per install, uh, retention, but also, obviously, we, we watch a lot CDR, uh, which is really important for us because if you bring some user and at the end that don't install your application uh, from the store, like it doesn't make sense to do it. So yeah, we really watch also like CTR, CDR, um, CPM, uh, all, all the KPIs are bring you different information and I'm always really keen to to get to know it, but uh, it's more performance oriented for us. You guys spend, uh, you know, you're you're very very active. Uh, you spend heavily. You have apps with uh, with a lot of traction. Um, you know, how do you decide? I guess which platforms do you find really really useful on the UA side, and how do you how do you sort of define where to break down, where to put more effort and less effort? Yeah, so we basically spend on uh, where the user are. So we spend on where you got like the best reach, which uh, is, I think, a bit the same for everyone's gaming, Facebook, Google, uh, also like some programmatic platform. But it's really important also uh, for us, as it's a super competitive market, like our well, market are like US and Australia, uh, where there is a lot of competition. So it's really important also for us to split our media mix and to spend uh, on other social media, other platform where we can actually get some opportunities because our competitors are not there. For instance, spending on some platform like Snapchat for me is really important because uh, it's definitely a growing audience and even sometimes on some other uh, social media that are not as advanced uh, as the one we know, like Facebook and everything, you can actually have some opportunities because you follow at the end of the day where the user is. And sometimes like uh, 
the trend change, the user behavior change. Uh, people now go on TikTok like a few years ago, it wasn't the case. So you need to always like reach your target at the, at the right place. So that's really interesting. How do you measure, you know, when you're going to a new platform, like when you start with Snapchat or TikTok, who aren't as experienced in the world of advertising? I mean, I'd imagine you kind of have to measure success a little bit differently than you would measure your campaigns on on Facebook or Google. How do you tackle that? How do you understand if something's been a more successful platform for you or not? Well, I think when you go on a new environment, it's really important to... Um, to think like out of the box and not compare the results you have. So it's really important like first to see if your audience is interested by your product. Like if you spend on TikTok, like do you have some early KPI like uh, CTR, CVR that are showing like people are actually interested into your product. And if not, what creative strategy can you adapt as well? Because uh, I mean, creative is key and it doesn't work the same way uh, on Facebook, Google, uh, other programmatic platform or, you know, even TikTok. So it's really important also to understand like the user experience where you advertise and adapt your creative. So we take actually a lot of time to more understand like all we can do the best we can with uh, what we have from the platform. Um, exchanging a lot with the code manager and everything to to make it uh, to to see some positive signs from those tests because it's really important for us not just to test one month and then say it's over. Like you really need if you want to invest in a new channel, you need to to put a lot of time, effort, and flexibility in it if you really want to make it succeed. And always be open minded and don't tell yourself because it doesn't work the first month, it won't work the second one. Like uh, you can always make different things to, to make it successful. And even it's not working, maybe it's because it wasn't the right time. And uh, we are really looking at tech because everything is evolving uh, years by years. The algorithms are getting better. Uh, everything is changing. So don't close the door. Always open it and say, maybe it didn't work this time, but it will work like in two years with another project or everything. <laughs> I think you see it a lot that developers will try a platform. They don't see the ROI that they're used to seeing and they just say, okay, it's not for us. Let's keep our, our focus kind of on uh, the places where we know how to, how to convert best. Um, but I think your point is really important that you can't just transfer the, the structure and style. Users are in a different context when they're in different apps. They're not using Snapchat the same way they're using Facebook. Do you have maybe, is there an example you can share of where you had to really adjust you know, if you're in a brand new platform, something that you changed dramatically from what you had been used to doing? Yeah, 100%. So actually, um, from Facebook to Snapchat, something really simple, like the advertising is really different. Like you don't have a feed, you have a story ads where you have no text, nothing, and where you really need to have new creative for Snapchat. I think it's important also to not to do the same that you did on Facebook. Because the format is so much different, but you want native creative, you want influencer creative on Snapchat. Uh, of course, I don't say that you, you won't use it on Instagram, for instance, with Facebook, but maybe you, use, you will use it less. You will have more square, for instance, on your Facebook feed. Um, I think, to be honest, that I was super surprised to see that um, Facebook and Snapchat got totally different creative styles that performed. Uh, uh, we we made this test to to take some Snapchat creative and try it on Facebook, and it was uh, 
it was a bit fail. So for instance, if you do some creative and on Snapchat, I would rather uh, say, um, do something really creative where what um, something native, something where you see people, you do some live, live action. So people can actually, when they watch stories, they, they can not see your game, but they can see like a story. They can see something they are inspired by uh, and then install your application. Uh, I think like when you're, you're on some platform, like you, I mean, even more on social, because you know, everyone got a lot of ads from different competitors. Uh, you have a lot of gameplay creative that are sometimes uh, sometimes quite the same because the, the IPs are really similar. Uh, when you actually have something really different, like for instance, a really great competitor like Quanmaster uh, or Moonactive uh, is using the influencer to do creative and advertise on it. I think it's really smart from them. Uh, and I'm sure like the conversion is way better because people are actually in the stories are not just on uh, an ad that is pushed by a, a social a social media. That's a good point. That's super interesting. I think, yeah, Snapchat, you're using it in a specific context. You're using it for the connection. You're using it for something that's human to human. It's not the way, you know, even Facebook and Twitter, you're, you interact with companies. You don't just interact with people. Uh, you play games on Facebook. You do these other things. So I think, uh, you know, makes, now that you're saying it out loud, it makes uh, a lot of sense. Let's talk about uh, scale for a minute. You know, how do you know when you reach scaling limits on a platform? How do you know when you've really hit your uh, your cap? So basically, when you can't spend more, it's a good sign that you that maybe you're restricted by the audiences. But when you reach a cap in user acquisition, you can actually have a great opportunity for your overall growth strategy because if you're if you, your user acquisition spend is difficult to reach, maybe it's a sign that it's uh, time for you to do some re-engagement campaign, some uh, cross-promotion campaign, or anything that made you scale even more. Like if you, if you get, got all the new install and saturated the market, maybe it's worth like, uh, to, to have a look on the high-value user you had and see like what is their current uh, behavior in your application and if it, you could actually like make them come back and then spend again so i think like you need to evolve uh and spin and really think uh, at your overall strategy um if you can't spend more in ua like find other things being creative and you can always find new things to do uh even sometimes like you can do some some branding campaign to attract new users and then they target them. I think like Snapchat is really good for this, for instance, with the lens. It's a huge uh, brand opportunity to do user acquisition after because you can do retargeting on those people that use your lens and stuff. So I think always be creative and you can always scale even more. All right. So you're, you're bringing me to my next question, which is, uh, you know, if we're talking about retargeting and creativity, iOS 14 is, uh, is coming up. And uh, I assume, uh, you know, you, in UA, this is definitely a hot topic for you and understanding what happens, what happens in September when things start to switch. Yeah. So what happened for retargeting, to be honest, at the moment is... Uh, is complicated to understand because you know, like for retargeting, you're aware your your audience size is the biggest because it's already so expensive to to reach users. So you need 
um, a platform where you can match uh, your IDs that you get. And the thing is that you won't have those IDs. So everyone is kind of waiting how it will work. I think like we will need to be way broader and also understanding from the quality of everything. Um, UA and retargeting has always been something made together. I think it will be even more the case because uh, if iOS 14 is released, basically you won't have uh, audiences, like you won't be able to do it. Um, a lot of advertisers do it at the moment on Facebook and uh, even if within Facebook advertising, you will still have some some KPIs, uh, some sorry, some uh, identifier like Facebook IDs, uh, phone number, and everything. I mean, outside of Facebook environment, you wouldn't be able to to target users. So I think retargeting is really something that will see big changes, but also improvement because we will maybe do more uh, cross promotion with ITFB and maybe have other opportunity to across apps in the same portfolio, um, design new new opportunities. Interesting. Yeah, definitely for when you have a, a portfolio to work with, you know, you have this new kind of way, it's a different type of retargeting. You're retargeting between your your audiences that you have access to. Um, you know, for developers with one app, I imagine there's going to be some harder challenges there for sure. You know, how, how are you, there's a lot of unknowns when it comes to IS14. All we know is that the industry is going to change quite significantly. Um, are you doing anything specific to prepare for, for that uh, outcome? So except reading every day, uh, I pull up dates. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, we are working really closely with uh, MMPs and each partner to get uh, a lot of information. But at the moment, to be fully transparent, I think everyone is in the same position where we don't really know how it will look like, uh, which is really scary, but can also provide some opportunities for everyone because uh, let's say everyone shifts the budget from, from iOS to Android, like maybe uh, the price will be so low that you will have uh, some opportunities there. Uh, same for contextual marketing, maybe at the end of the day, you will reach a new audience thanks to contextual marketing and the uh, maybe behavioral, uh, you will see that it was not a good thing for you. I think like a lot of people are seeing also a lot of success on the LAT campaign, uh, even if it will be challenging because the price will have to change. Uh, when you're charged at ECPM, it takes like your CDR and and and, uh, and uh, your, EC, your CPI. So you really need like to maybe adjust the way we are built because maybe our CDR will decrease with uh, this kind of advertising. Uh, Facebook released the AA campaign. Uh, I think we saw that the KPI we got from those campaigns is not the same as the one we had, for instance, from the AU, um, which are uh, which are designed on post bag, but now it will be more challenging to get. In a way, also KPIs are, are going to shift a bit, right? Like if we can't tie UA directly to revenue, then we move back in a way to where we were before, which is focusing on conversion rates on the, you know, the, the top of the line, the top, top of the funnel, you know, click through rates and CPIs and, and going back to that world. It's uh, I'm, I'm very curious. I feel like you're uh, your glass half full. It's uh, what are the opportunities? Yes, everything's going to change, but we'll find something uh, to work with. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think like some solution I saw uh, are really innovative is like I saw the demo on incremental. It's a really great project, but um, but it's, uh, it's really promising. And I think at the end of the day, it's maybe better because we know that when we, we have an install from UA, anyway, it's going to, to impact organics because you have this K factor and everything. So maybe actually it's for, for the good of everyone that it's evolving that way. And to be honest, on my side, I'm super optimistic because I think having the overall view is sometimes better than just, you know, being focused on something little and then you don't see the rest uh, of the thing just next to you know, I actually, I think there's an important point there because when you're looking, there's a lot that you miss when you don't look at the aggregation, you know, when you're not looking at the overall trend that's happening, it's very hard. I mean, it has been very hard. You have somebody who clicks on a Facebook ad and downloads, but you don't know what their journey was until then. How do we know that, you know, this was a better ad and it's not just that they happened to see, you know, a TV commercial or their friend mentioned it to them and the ad triggered that, that move forward, you know, so it's hard to, most people are exposed to titles more than once before they make their decision. And when you focus too much on the person by person and on the user, sometimes you can lose the, the greater impact of what actually is driving the needle. So I think that's a, it's a good way to look at it. It's kind of how you've needed to analyze organics until now, right? Because organics, you never have that individual tracker. You have to look at it in this more deterministic uh, structure, you know, of this is the, the action that took place. This is overall the outcome. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, right now, obviously there's, there's two key players in app stores. Uh, when it comes to mobile, we've got Google and the Play, Play Store and we have Apple in the app store. Do you think changes like this will will drive? Obviously, uh, I assume you've heard about Epic and uh, and Fortnite and everything going on uh, with them and Apple. Do you think there's there's room for this breakdown to shift of the two uh, two key players? Uh, well, definitely, I think like there is a there is a lot of change that are going to arrive uh, around this. Uh, I mean, like Huawei has been banned from US, so anywhere we are going to see on some some smartphone um, new store. Uh, and I think everyone will have to adapt themselves to this as well, because it means that all people that have a, a Huawei phone, they are going to, to go on this store and not on the Play Store. So we need to be where the user is. And uh, if like each store is a marketplace, uh, I mean, you know, it's like a shop and you need to to, to get your project, uh, it's a bit like uh, merchandising. You need to get your project, uh, you know, like just in front of the high, so you're sure they are going to, to install it. But uh, definitely, I think um, there is a lot of noises around like this 30% fees and everything, but it's not competitive. And to be honest, it's not, uh, it's not until uh, this year, like a few years ago, Apple uh, already got uh, uh, something uh, about it. And I feel like people, um, they actually got uh, also uh, a chance to be more competitive. Like now you also have Amazon store, uh, you have a, a Samsung store, Samsung that owns the technology as well. You have Huawei, uh, you have a lot of different uh, player. And I think it will, it, will, it will be a big change that we will see for sure because... I think like it will change to be honest, like even uh, with the progressive web app, actually you don't even need a store. 
So it can also raise some question of the product, like will a product need uh, an app store actually? Because at the moment, Google and Apple, like I, I totally understand they make people pay these 40% things because you have a lot of security and a lot of automated process. You have a service from it, you know, but if then advertisers say, no, I don't need it, then they can develop their own technology and, and just go, go on the web, for instance. Yeah. And what happens if it becomes too hard to, to advertise, uh, you know, given lack of everything, is it worth investing the money that you had once invested in UA towards, uh, towards Apple to web app is also, it's an interesting idea. I mean, it obviously frees you from everything if you don't have to have that, uh, the SDK, because obviously you can't transfer that in uh, Apple, I guess, you know, the question there is what happens when users don't have that icon on their device, you know, are you going to see retention metrics that, uh, that drop if you're focused on web, it's hard to know if you'll, you know, can you keep reminding users that you're present? Do you have to shift the way your, your entire marketing strategy works then? It's not just about getting the user in, it's about how do I get them repeatedly in and engaging? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a hot topic. And to be honest, like I, I would love to see a store competition and even some, I think it will, it will bring some innovation in it. Like uh, maybe instead of screenshot, we will have a playable and interactive uh, thing, you know, to, to make the user uh, more keen to install your app. But uh, I think there is some really interesting things. Like last time, you know, I was on my, I was on my Kindle app on, on Apple. And actually, uh, I think, not a lot of people spoke about it, but with um, with Amazon, you you don't pay into through Apple. They may they lead you to a website to to pay. And at the moment, I'm just thinking why Amazon can do this when Epic can't, you know. Uh, so I think there is a lot of uh, topic under this, but we'll challenge store, and I think it's really good to be challenging and challenge a store because then it comes. Uh, it brings a lot of innovation. So uh, I really think it will change the landscape and having uh, a different shop where we can put our app, to me, would be really something good. And anyway, like if you want to do a campaign of for user uh, in, um, for instance, let's say in China, are you going to advertise on, on iPhone? Like this is also the question, right? Like the, the market share of each device in each country um, so maybe sometimes we will have to anyway go into the store if we want to reach other markets. That's like what you were saying with advertising. It's you have to be where your users are. So even if you come up with the perfect solution and you don't need the platforms anymore, if that's how you know a, a group of your audience is still navigating, there's not much you can do about that. <laughs> there's no point of uh, ignoring that whole audience. Okay, cool. So I'm going to move you into the uh, quick fire round now. Questions that we ask uh, everyone who joins. Okay, so the first one is, if you could give just one tip to somebody who's entering the world of uh, mobile growth marketing, what would that one tip be? Always be open and flexible. It's really important. Like, um, nothing is wrong, nothing is right. You just need to always adapt yourself and what was right yesterday is wrong today. So always be flexible. What is your favorite mobile growth resource? Are there blogs, websites, anything, other podcasts that you follow? Uh, yeah, so it's definitely a mo mobile dev uh, memo from Eric uh, Zephyr. I think it's a, I mean, it's a must read for everyone. Like, I'm always so amazed to see, like, 
like oh, we got the insight of tomorrow today. I don't know it's possible, but uh, it's always accurate and always good. So definitely, this is a big advantage if you read it. <laughs> Who is the person in the mobile growth world at uh, assuming Corona is uh, over and life goes back to normal that you'd most want to take out for lunch and why? It's uh, Sarah Kutir from uh, from my team because I'm really missing her and she's amazing. But uh, also all my team members, like, uh, I mean, they are all amazing. Like, uh, you met also Laura, she's amazing. And, uh, I mean, Saikala is amazing, Tsai is amazing, Ari is amazing. I can say everyone, but to be honest, Project Madness team is really high level and I always enjoy my time with them. That's true. Actually, you guys have an amazing team now that you're mentioning the names and I'm remembering whose paths I crossed. It's uh Good. It's good that the people you most want to see are the people that probably you will be seeing as soon as things go back to normal. <laughs> okay. And uh, I don't know if you caught at the uh, the beginning, the title of our, of our podcast is Mobile Growth and Pancakes, which brings me to the most important question. What is your favorite flavor of pancake? Oh my God. Definitely blueberries. I love it. <laughs> I think you had the fastest answer out of anyone I've spoken to right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I love to eat, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, amazing. Claire, where can people, if people want to kind of learn more or reach out, where can people find you? Anywhere on LinkedIn, like, uh, and Twitter as well. Like, I always love when people, they challenge my thoughts and they send some message. I will always read it and reply. So don't hesitate, like, to reach me. Uh, sometimes when it's uh, for business things, like uh, I'm not always the right pe- person, but if you want to speak about UA, like with pleasure, anytime, I will be always open for it. Okay, amazing. Claire, thank you. So I feel much more optimistic about uh, the whole future now after talking to you. I think there's a, a side gig for you and like motivational uh, UA speaking. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Claire, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing all of that. <laughs> super, super interesting. Thank you, Esther. Uh, It was a pleasure to to meet you and really enjoy this. And that was Mobile Growth and Pancakes. To find out more about StoreMaven and how we can improve App Store performance, visit StoreMaven.com. And then make sure to search for Mobile Growth and Pancakes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at StoreMaven, thanks for listening.